game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Finally dishes off to Darnell Nurse, who is able to break around Pasternak, head for the net, and then it was slid off his stick at the last moment. Pasternak breaks free. He's going to have a breakaway to win it. Set up by Krejci, in on net, backhander score. And the Bruins will win it 2-1 to one on David Pasternak's 43rd of the year. One of the most deadly goal scorers in the NHL ends it tonight at Rogers Place. Pasternak a minute 14 into overtime. The Oilers, who battled hard in this one, settle for a single point. 2-1 Boston. Bergeron and Gagne, the other goals. Tons of special team time in this game. The Oilers were 7-for-7 seven seven on the penalty kill and 1-for-6 on the power play. Edmonton had a late power play in regulation. Pasternak took a penalty with 2.30 to go. Edmonton couldn't find the go-ahead goal there. So their record on the season goes to 32-21-7. They're 3-1-1 without Connor McDavid in the lineup. Of course, Oscar Clefbaum began his stint on the IR tonight. He's going to be out at least a couple of weeks with a shoulder issue as the Bruins strengthen their spot atop the overall NHL standings. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 9.38. We're live in Studio 99. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, I I mean, this was a pretty fun game to watch. Uh, Tight checking, low scoring. The Oilers had to recover from a poor first period to this game and were able to battle and, and stay in it. But then comes down to skill players in overtime Yamamoto and Dreisaitl Yamamoto couldn't quite do anything with the puck on his two-on-one and eventually the Bruins go back the other way and Pasternak who's an unbelievable player finishes it off it was a highly entertaining game uh, despite the fact it was 2-1 it was only 2-1 because the both goaltenders were very very good a, a number of great saves a number of very good plays I feel for Yamamoto on the two-on-one it looks like our right, Yamamoto back door to Dreisaitl it's going to be an empty net goal and we're going to go home really happy and just as Yamamoto was about to pass the puck, he could see the puck kind of slows down on him and goes off his, his heel, makes a smart play at that point. He doesn't just force something, which could have turned into a, an odd man break one the other way. He wheels around, gives it to Darnell Nurse. Unfortunately, Darnell gets caught up and falls behind the net. And as soon as he fell, Pasternak took off. And Krejci, who on a lot of teams would be a number one center, plays number two here with the Boston Bruins, he just puts the puck into an area and lets Pasternak skate into it. And it's one of those ones where you can bet your house a guy of that skill level gets a breakaway in overtime, especially after taking a penalty late in the hockey game, which almost cost his team. Uh, he doesn't miss those very often. A wonderful move on, on Mike Smith. But uh, again, the Oilers understand what they have in the lineup. They know what type of players they are, and they go out and play it to a tee. They, they, they wanted to keep it close. Just keep it close. Give ourselves a chance. You know, we'll get a power play or two. We can score in the power play. The dry settled line is going to be able to create something. And lines two, three, and four did that. They did all the right things. Gave them a chance to win this hockey game. And then it's just unfortunate that they, they didn't get the bounce they needed at the end. But this is a game, as Bob, Bob asked, is it something they can build? And I think this is just continuing. Uh, the way that they have played the last little while. They're feeling good about themselves right now. They're a confident bunch, and they should be. 2-1, the Bruins take it tonight. Sam Gagne had the Oilers' only goal, 3:42 in the third period. I thought Gagne, you know, he doesn't play a ton, obviously, in his role on the team. He was out there for 13-12 tonight, had five shots on goal. That doesn't include a backhand off the crossbar in the first period and a really nice tip of that Ethan Bear shot to tie it up. Well, it was, and I'm not I'm not positive, but I think Gagne was the one that came off for Leon Drysettle. Drysettle on the power play lost his helmet, had to leave the ice, go to the bench. Someone else comes on for him. And Gagne just gets into an area. Uh, Gagne may not have the, sp- the foot speed that he had when he broke into the league, but he's a very heady player. He understands the game. And in offensive situations, he's very good. And he resurrected his career in Columbus as a fourth-line guy that played power plays. And that got him a couple more years at the National Hockey League level. And right now, he's, he's a guy that's appreciative 
of his opportunities when he gets out on the ice. And he was. He was very good tonight. He's, he understands right now that this team is lacking scoring depth with the players that are out of the lineup. So he's trying to do all he can to create some and had a couple of glorious scoring chances tonight and a huge goal for him on the power play that got the point for the Oilers. All right, Oilers fall 2-1 in overtime to the Boston Bruins. Let's head down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. And, you know, had an opportunity in OT to even win the game. Yeah, I didn't like our first period. We just, it was like we were coming out and watching them play, right? Just get playing like let's play we're a good team too let's play so second period we got a little better but it was kind of a kind of a funny game and you got you got over 20 minutes of special teams it's uh it gets lopsided for some players so that's uh that's just the way it went we'll work through it we we got a point out of it we're nice to get two but uh it was a hard fought point and we move on uh, with the injuries on your blue line, can you maybe just comment on what you saw from the group in general and maybe if anybody... You know, I, I thought our whole group wasn't very good in the first period, but at the start of the second period, we started to play with some confidence. And, uh, um, Jonesy played well. Jonesy looked like a different player in the second period than in the first period, right? So our, our group started to push a little bit. They started to play a little quicker, make a few make a few passes on the tape, and it's amazing. You can start playing, look like you'll play a little quicker. So as a group, we started poor, but we uh, we battled hard. Battled hard and got better as the game went on. Does it still, you know, when they look around and see all the guys you're missing, and Boston comes in, they're the best team in the league. I mean, I know your team's confidence is growing here, but did they still, in that first period, they kind of look at the other team and think, man, I don't know if we got enough for these guys tonight. Is that what it is that makes you start slow? No. If it is, we shouldn't be, right? We're a good team, too. We just won two games in a row. Why can't we keep winning, right? So it's uh, it's a mindset. you got to go out and play. you got to go out and play. And some guys have been looking for more opportunity. Get that opportunity, jump in and play, right? So it's... Uh, you know, I like the way... I like the way Jones's game evolved during that game. The first period was very average and like a lot of the rest of us, same with Legison. But as the game went on, they got better. I mean, that's a... That's a really good power play over there. Leggy, I think, had four minutes of PK. That's where maybe they just needed to get so tired they didn't think about that they shouldn't be playing against Boston, right? Just get out there and play. They're good players. Get out there and play. We've got to play with confidence if we're going to win. Mike's in a game like this, you, Mike Smith's puck handling must help the defense too with, with Oscar and, and Chris Russell not playing. Very much so. That's why Mike played tonight. It was a, I knew that was going to be a hard four-checking team against us, and Mike helped immensely there. So it, uh, he just stops so many pucks and clears so many pucks and just makes it hard to four-check that it's, it's uh, for the first game with our defense group like that, I think it was a, a big help for us. You get a big goal from your second unit power play. Um, I know you had a lot of power plays tonight, so did they. What, what, what did you like about your power play? Maybe what didn't you like from the first unit? I like that we scored. There's a lot of little parts of the game of it that are, we just don't look as fluid right now. You know, and it's crazy. Like we had two power plays cut short, but we took penalties. There's another one, Dreisaitl lost his helmet and then had to come off. I mean, it was just, it was just kind of a funny game that way. They didn't, not a lot of rhythm to the game for us, but... Maybe that's the way we needed it to be, to, to try to scratch a win out. And we got the point, so it was, it was sloppy a little bit. Our power play was like that also, but come up with a big goal at the right time, and, uh, and you're in the hockey game. And that's, that's what we said after the second period. The players were talking about, let's, just, let's find a goal, and we're in the hockey game, and that's what we did. So our power play came through us one. It'd be nice to get... You know, it would be nice if you could capitalize on that one at the end, near the end of the game. Gagne scored. He had a great chance in the first, another good chance in the second. He was really around the net tonight. It was. We needed people to make plays. Like, we weren't making enough plays. We can bang it around, but we need some people to make plays. And Gags and Haas and Chaser, they try to make some plays. So that's, you know, we use them a little more. And, you know, we'll go game to game. But we need, we need players to play with confidence and um, play to win. Make plays that allow us to win, and, that's, uh, and we'll be fine. Uh, back to what I asked you about earlier today with Connor, uh, if we him back in town for a day now, is there any more clarity on what the next little bit looks like? No, I think they were going to meet, he was going to meet with the doctors uh, before the game tonight, and I haven't got an update there yet, so hopefully we'll have a little more information in the morning. All right. 
right. Thank you. Uh, Sorry, Dave. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your, your penalty kill because, uh, you mean, Boston had but seven power plays, uh, didn't score in any of them. Uh, your thoughts on the penalty kill tonight? You know what? I, our penalty kill has been pretty strong all year. We've got some people that are really committed to it. I thought uh, Lagason jumped in, did a real good job for us tonight on it. Uh, Benning has jumped in and gave us some minutes there, so it continues to be good. Jimmy Playfair does an excellent job with the scheme and uh, and getting preparing our players. And, and like you say, that's a hard power play. That's a power play that's really, really dangerous. So I would rather not put them on the power play seven times, but we did, and uh, we got away with it tonight. So kudos to the penalty killers. All right, that's Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, after a 2-1 overtime loss to the Boston Bruins, Rob, and I think we should just name anybody who helped kill a penalty for the Oilers tonight. The fourth star of the game for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot-only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. You know, we can list a few or even several reasons why the Oilers are doing better than they did last season. I cannot imagine a circumstance last year where they would have gone seven for seven on the penalty kill, yeah. unless maybe the other team just decided never to bring the puck into the offensive zone. No, it's a complete transformation, and there's a number of different reasons why. One, Ken Holland went out in the summer and found guys to play on his power play, or excuse me, on his penalty kill. The, the, the players that had been used over the last couple of years were consistent, and so were the, the poor numbers in killing penalties. So they went out, and, I mean, it all starts off, almost every penalty kill starts off with uh, Archibald and, um, who am I forgetting here right now? Shane. So yeah. Shane and Archibald start everyone off. Shane usually wins a face-off. Uh, they pester the other team's power play. They get them a little bit frustrated, and then you throw it your next wave. They're very aggressive. It's a much more aggressive penalty kill than we've seen in, in the past number of years here. And probably the, the biggest reason is they're getting big saves. Um, last year, both goaltenders struggled at major times of the season. And when you're penalty killing, your goaltending has to be good, and it wasn't. Uh, tonight, when there was a breakdown, and the Boston Bruins power play is going to break your penalty killing down at times. As good as the Oilers' penalty killing was tonight, the Bruins did get some glorious scoring chances, and that's where Mike Smith came in. He made a number of big saves in tight cross the crease for one-timers, swallowing up rebounds. So uh, so three things. They're much more aggressive, PK. They brought in players that are much better at it, and their goaltending has been solid. So if you got good specialty teams, good goaltending, and you have a chance to win hockey games, the Oilers had that tonight. All right, 2-1 Boston takes it in overtime. Your feedback is welcome. The number to call and text is the same, 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Sam Gagne and David Pasternak, who gets his 43rd to win it. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Waiting for the one-timer, didn't pull the trigger, was David Krejci. Got himself engaged with Shane, fought him off, got it to Coyle. Now McAvoy shot, redirected. What a save made by Smith. He went full Miyagi to make that save. Did Jack just say full Miyagi? <laughs> Is that a Karate Kid reference? It was. I'd hate if he went half Miyagi. That would have hurt a lot yeah, more. Yeah, if you're going to go Miyagi, you got to go full. Yeah. I think I know the save he was talking about, but yes, that was... Uh, he was doing wax was he on, wax off? off. Yeah, before, right. yeah. Uh-huh. That's Mike Smith's save of the game for Jiffy Lou. B-Y's winterize. Another good start for Mike Smith. His record for the season now 16-10-5. And, and interesting, Dave Tippett said Smith's puck handling ability figured into why he was selected as the starter tonight. Well, and it worked. It certainly helped. And he, this is why when... when you and I are guessing who the next goalie is. We're just, oh, that guy's playing better than him. He'll probably put him in that next game. This is how much thinking they put into it. Okay, Boston's got a good four-checking team. We're a little beat up on the back end. Hey, let's put Schmidt in net tonight because when they dump it in, he'll be able to get out and be able to get out of our zone a lot quicker. Puck angling skills are huge, and I don't know if there's anyone in the National Hockey League as good as Mike Smith at it, and tonight you saw that... Uh, numerous times where the Bruins weren't able to get the forecheck they want going because Mike Smith got out quickly and with the puck there was one penalty kill they won the face off back Mike Smith skated yeah. out of his net took it and <laughs> iced the puck himself so he uh, 
Yeah, there's probably, I bet you he can shoot harder than a couple players on the team. I bet you he can. I'm not going to say which players, but I think Mike Smith can <laughs> outshoot a couple guys. Oilers lose 2-1 in overtime to the Bruins. They are in first place in the Pacific Division by a point ahead of Vegas. Arizona does not make up any ground. They lose 3-2 to Dallas. Vancouver is trailing 2-1 to Minnesota late in the second period. We'll give you the full scoreboard in a few minutes. 780-496-0063. We have Will on the line. Will, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, there, there was a good game tonight. I just had a question on uh, the, the power play there. Uh, uh, with uh, Bear, who's been a, a WHL Defenseman of the Year, and he's who's uh, has better stats in the WHL as compared to Nurse and even Clefbaum for that matter. But yet we don't see him on the top power play unit. And I'm just wondering what what's your thoughts on that? And it, you think that it's a trust issue with the coach or what? Because it's clearly that he has the ability to. To quarterback that power play, or at least uh, be provided an opportunity, but yet uh, it just doesn't seem to be uh, in the foreseeable future. But I'm just wondering if the coach, uh, you think, will consider something like that, especially when they're short, right? Like yeah. tonight. No, that's a great question, Will. No, you're right. I, I think if you look at the two players, Darnell and, and Ethan, I, I think Ethan probably has a little more offensive upside uh, a, a little stronger offensive hockey IQ um, I mean the, he's very good at getting shots through obviously it was his shot that was tipped in tonight I think uh, as we go forward and he moves on in his career he'll, he will see more and more power play time I think right now the coach has a little more trust in Darnell, Darnell Nurse on the power play having said that I mean Darnell did make a big mistake on the power play tonight lost the puck and and almost gave up the shorthanded goal, and Ethan Bear was the guy that assisted on the goal that was scored. So Ethan Bear continues to press. I'm just, I'm guessing that they just like the veteran presence back there, and maybe Ethan will get more chances. The one good thing that Ethan Bear is is he's a right-handed shot, yeah, and that sets up nicely for for Leon or Connor giving him one-timers from the offside wing. So, uh, yeah. It, That'll be something that we will see in the future, and I agree that I'd like to see Ethan out there on the power play as well. Our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. I mean, they, they missed Clefbaum on the power play. Nurse obviously can skate with the puck. Clefbaum is a better passer than Nurse, and I thought that's where they missed him. And I, I thought there were a couple plays where Nurse was looking to give it to Dreisaitl, Boston knew he was looking to give it to Dreisaitl maybe a couple of forced passes. And, and another thing, too, is Oscar Clefbaum, and part of it is because he's played on the power play with that group for so long. He he sees where the plays are going. And you saw, I think it was twice today, where Leon Dreisaitl put the puck in a spot where Oscar Clefbaum would have known to gone to, uh, and Darnell Nurse wasn't there, and the puck got knocked out of the, the end and, and went back down into the other zone. And so maybe that's no surprise, are, especially yesterday when it went... that Oscar Kleffbaum can read the play a little bit better. And, uh, I, again, I, I think he has a little bit better offensive head to the game than, than Darnell does, and part of it is that he's played with those same guys for the last number of years. All right, the Oilers fall 2-1 in overtime. That means a $25 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascended Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascended Financial. You can visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They're giving 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. David Pasternak scored the winner. You're going to hear from him when we get back, if you're on the phone line, stay there. You can also text 780-496-0063. That is also the number to call. We are live in Studio 99. Good game tonight. The Oilers stay in it, missing six players, including Oscar Kleppbaum for the first uh, game he's going to miss over the next couple of weeks. Boston takes it 2-1 in overtime. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, Pasternak wins it in overtime for the Bruins, 2-1. 
Boston over Edmonton tonight at Rogers Place. The scoreboard, courtesy Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrail.com. Oil Kings win on the road 5-0 over Winnipeg. Panthers lead the Ducks 3-1 in the third. Also in the third, Avalanche up 2-0 on the Islanders. Late second period, Minnesota leading Vancouver 2-1. Rangers outscore the Blackhawks 6-3. And uh, Arizona continues to have a bit of a tough go here. They lose 3-2 to Dallas. So Arizona remains stuck at 68 points. They do hold the last wild card position. Same number of points as uh, the Flames. But the Flames have games in hand on the Coyotes. Arizona not doing great. Well, 4-4-2 four, four, in their last 10, trying to climb out of it, but they've been having a tough time lately. So uh, Arizona 68, Winnipeg a point behind, Nashville three points behind, Minnesota seven points behind. But of course, they're playing Vancouver as we speak. Let's quickly head down to the visitor's dressing room for BDO, first call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Game winner tonight, David Pasternak. Uh, yeah, well, um, we had the... Uh Tori had one on two, you know, made a great defensive play. Kurtz uh, kind of won, won a battle, you know, and I was I was gone, so he sent it over. Uh, just went on breakaway, so little fake pole check, so I figured I'd try to go 5-1, you know, good, good win. And when do you know it's safe for you to blow the zone? Uh, well, as soon as, uh, you know, Tori, I think, poked the crutch to the corner, and, and he had a split second, you know, and, and with a player like Crutches, you know, uh, uh, that's all he needed, and, and uh, if I get a step, you know, he, he's just going to give it to me. Do you like the space of 3 on 3? Do you enjoy the, the room on the ice there? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I like it a lot, you know. Uh, obviously, this year was a little tough uh, the way it was going for us, you know. So, uh, you know, we lately we've been good, so that's good. You know, getting some confidence back and hopefully we can keep that going, you know. Overall, uh, penalty goal was excellent for us, you know, especially the last one. Uh, big blocks, you know, uh, big times for, for them. Yeah. They're missing a lot of guys. Do you expect them to be a kind of a tight checking defensive game on their side? And you guys have to be patient with that? Yeah, that's what we knew. You know, it's uh, they got a lot of uh, uh, new faces because of the injury. So uh, we knew they're going to play tight and, and uh, together, you know. So uh, it's always tough to play in this building. So we expected, you know, um, I said, could we stick with it and uh, penalty kill it and took one of the game. Read this, Steve Pasternak. Thank you very much, Kyle Morris, working the visiting dressing room tonight. Bruins take it 2-1 in OT. Oilers record 32-21-7 and on the season. And we got the highlights up on the big screen here at Studio 99. Uh, 3.46 left in regulation time. Pasternak comes down the right wing. Yeah, he, he comes down and, and he's got a bit of an advantage as he's coming against Josh Archibald, who was backing up his defenseman. So Josh gave him a little bit of room and Pasternak took full advantage of it and he absolutely ripped one off the post now Mike Smith will tell you he had the angle and that was all he could shoot at but Pasternak I mean in a game where it was only a 2-1 game there were a number of golden opportunities for the stars of the Boston Bruins Bergeron had a goal could have had three Pasternak could have had three Mershon uh, was creating left and right out there uh, but Mike Smith was up to the task and very good. And the Oilers did a good job tonight of getting sticks on pucks, getting in the lanes, blocking out, uh, not allowing second chances. Uh, so it was a, a very entertaining 2-1 hockey game with way more scoring chances than you would have thought. Whenever the Oilers get to five goals in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, AAA steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Maui Zach on the line. Zach, go ahead. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, good game tonight. I, I really can't complain, even though uh, um, I was initially calling to complain about Darnell Nurse on, on the power play. Will kind of stole my fire there, and doesn't make for a very good radio when we all agree. Uh, so my comment is going to be more regarding the trade deadline. I'm inclined to think uh, or to hope that we don't make any trades because uh, I'm not a general manager or anything, but I don't see anybody out there in our price range that can uh, significantly help this team and. And this team is, is, is really becoming a team right now, particularly with all these injuries. Um, it, and it's always nice you throwing somebody new into the mix. I think they're a solid club, and uh, 
uh, and uh, you know, and, and trade deadlines are the most expensive players, and you trade in your future most of the time. So I, I am not uh, in favor of trading anybody. But, well, I, uh, I, I, but, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any big deals. Uh, they may trade for a depth, a depth player, a third or fourth line player. Uh, they they don't have they don't have no room cap wise. I don't think they have assets they that they want to move to get something big coming back. So I think it'll be a, a fairly quiet trade deadline for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Rob. They could possibly get a, a depth player, and I mean they they move another point. Another the probability will slightly increase now yeah. of them getting into the playoffs, and and now you can say. Well, you're going to get the most explosive offensive player in the league back. Well, they're going to get six players back. You're going back. to get a fast, gritty player in Cassian, who's granted somewhat of a streaky player, but you're going to get him back. You're going to, going to get, a, at the very least, a power play net presence in Neil back. You'll get a speed guy in Nygaard back. You'll get your top defenseman back in Clefbaum, and then you'll get Russell back, who's a five, six, seven d- d- defenseman. And while this is happening, other players are getting some experience and so far with McDavid out, getting 7 out of 10 points. Well, you're going to get your number one line and your number one defenseman back in March. I mean, that's a pretty good pickup for to go on a stretch run. Uh, it, it, it always sucks when, when you have injuries. It, it does. But it does provide opportunities for other players to play in big in big moments. Uh, you look at an, a Lagason tonight, stepped into a playoff race. Uh, Jones stepped into a role in the top four tonight. Benson playing on your second line against the Boston Bruins on an important night. So these young players are coming up and playing, you know, strong minutes against good teams in important hockey games. Now, whether when the Oilers, and I believe the Oilers are going to make the playoffs now, when the Oilers make the playoffs, these kids might not play. But the coaching staff now has trust with these players, okay, we saw what they did against the Boston Bruins. We know that we can put them in if we have an injury, if there's something going wrong. So, yeah, this is going to help these players going forward. It's going to help the team going forward. But, yeah, I don't see anything coming big for the Oilers at the trade deadline. I think the players that they're going to get back are the ones that they have on the, the injury shelf right now. And I think that will be a huge boost for the month of March. Uh, this texter says to 7804960063, if either one of you guys see Ken Holland, Tell him no trades. This is the team we should go into the playoffs with. Well, this is interesting. Another texter says they have a whole bunch of two-liter Cokes, four for a dollar at Westmount Walmart. Well, there you oh, go. Well, now we know where we're going yeah. after the show. <laughs> it's incredible. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we stop. We see Ken Holland as we walk by. Hey, Ken. Do we, tell, do, we t- and I, do we tell him about the trades or do we tell him about the deal on Cokes? Well, it depends what area of town. If he's got to go by Westmont on the way home, he probably it should. It might be worth stopping. And I'd like to know, are they are they actual Coke? Are they, you know, like the Western family knockoff cola? Uh, to me, that's important. It is. Well, maybe that text will tell us. Oilers lose 2-1 in overtime to the Boston Bruins. The only goal for Edmonton scored by Sam Gagne. Here he is for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Yeah, no, it was really hard fought. Um, you know, it's a valuable point for us, but I think uh, the thing we want to learn from that game is having a little swagger early on. Um, I think just making plays and having confidence with it uh, in the first period would have set us up a little better, but um, we clawed our way to a point, and there's a lot to like about uh, you know the, the last two periods there and the way we played against a really good team. So take the point, and... Uh, no, I keep pushing forward here. Did you just say after the first period, okay, we got to get the puck on the other team's end. We just can't play defense the whole game. Well, get it in their end. Well, you just have to make confident plays. I mean, it's not just about getting in their end. Um, you you want to make sure that we're supporting each other and, and uh, making plays under pressure so that we can keep the puck. And, uh, you know, we have the puck and uh, we grind teams down. Um, we're a hard team to beat, and that has to be our mindset. So do you... Having done that tonight and having found success at it, is that, mm. what's that worth? Yeah, I mean that's that's the recipe for us. I mean, uh, like you guys said, it's uh, that was a playoff style atmosphere, and we need to be comfortable in those games, and uh, felt like we were. So, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, positive to take from it. It's just um, early on, just having that confidence and swagger, and knowing that uh, you know we we can play with anybody, regardless of what's going on around here, and. Um, 
we uh, I think we gained a lot of confidence with the way we played in the last couple of periods there. How beneficial is that for some of the younger guys that are up here playing with the injuries and everything else? Yeah, yeah, they're it's important. I mean, you know, we got. Laggy steps in there, plays really solid for us. Jonesy goes up and plays in the second pair, plays really well. Um, so, you know, those are important things for us. I'm, you know, we've had, you know, Benny come in here, play some important minutes, and Yamo obviously has been huge for us. So, you know, you want to see how guys respond to, to tough challenges, and uh, guys did a good job tonight. All right, that's Sam Gagne nets his fifth goal of the season on a deflection. Oilers lose 2-1 in overtime to the Boston Bruins. Just some other stats here. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl tonight plays 28-26. Took 32 face-offs. Won 20 of them for I thought 63%. He had, I thought he had an excellent game. He didn't get anything on the score sheet point-wise. Easily could have had four or five points. I thought he had a, a whale of a hockey game. Well, and you mentioned Pasternak coming down against Archibald. That big outside-in move Dreisaitl made in the second period to get a deke away. That was against Chris Wagner. And, I, and Rob, I, I mean, I know watching games with you, when we, especially when we watch road games and we're watching on the TV together, how often you'll say, forward, back, forward, back. Oh, you know, as, as a player coming down, uh, good offensive players know who they're coming down on. Whether They'll know which defenseman it is. They'll know which way he shoots, what his tendencies are. But when a forward's coming down and sees another forward back, you want to try him. You want to test him. Leon did beat him and had a great scoring chance. How about the, the Darnell Nurse minutes tonight? Darnell Nurse played 28-44 in the game tonight. He was out there all night long. And one thing that's interesting, William Laguson played almost 12 minutes, including almost five minutes shorthanded. So that was a large part of what he was relied on to do tonight was to get out there and help kill penalties. And late in the game, he was on the ice because he was the one that Pasternak tripped with three minutes that's or right. two and a half minutes to go in the hockey game. So there was a little bit of trust there for Laguson because he was out in a big moment late in the hockey game. This texture says, uh, don't trade away any draft picks. Wait for free agency on Peugeot. Possibly see what other bargain free agents the Oilers can get in the second and third days of free agency just like this past summer. 780-496-0063. We have Cam on the line. Cam, go ahead. Guys, how's it going? Good. Hey, sorry for falling asleep on you the other night there, Reed, when I called in. It was getting laid out on Vancouver Island here, eh? No problem. So listen, um, one thing I was just going to say here, um, I, the, I agree with you, Brownie. The PK uh, is the best The best PK is a goaltender, right? So it's good. I, I thought that was a huge statement game tonight. Um, I thought there was a couple of things. I'll make real quick points. When there was that sequence when two of our guys, one of them was Chase on, and I can't remember who else it was that ran two of their guys over. Who was that? Uh, Haas was back there as well, I believe, was the other one. There was two, but nobody does that to Boston, not twice in one shift. That was massive. It's not a sustainable model for this team. We're not heavy enough yet, but, I mean, it shows the guys have a lot of heart. The other thing I wanted to say, I don't want to dump on Nurse. He is what he is. But it wasn't just that. It wasn't just a mistake on that power play. It was pond hockey, nonchalant lack of concentration, and same thing, blowing a tire in overtime like you can't blow a tire in that okay well no 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 you can't you can't give it to a guy that falls that toe picks or falls down i can understand the the one on the power play where he gets his pocket picked but you can't when a guy falls down that's not on the player i mean that happens it does brownie but it's a concentration thing no like no no it's, it's not tonight in the game leon drysettle fell at center by himself i know adam larson fell tonight just about killed himself uh there was another player on the bruins so a player falling down has nothing to do with concentration i i get it but still it's coming on the heels of that that other nonchalant play like just i, I mean he's a good player but like the guy that wants nine million dollars a year he can't fall down in overtime he no, okay, again you can't go back to falling down you just can't you can talk about the what getting stripped on the power play yes sure. but we'll as far call, as falling we'll down that's not players fall down all the time it happens all the time concentration call it a draw thanks guys have a great night okay we're not calling that a draw he doesn't get were the you call guys that fighting? A draw. i didn't think you were even having a contest uh, no it wasn't a contest that one and uh, he doesn't want nine million dollars no, no, there was this either. report that he wanted eight million dollars hey. which was never going to happen I mean, darnell nurse is he, he's a second pairing defenseman and he's, he's a good second pairing defenseman uh, and if, know, the if, to play if they get more, rid of him the others are going to look need for a, a second pairing defenseman just like darnell nurse uh <laughs> what, how about, and, and he brought it up, 
and I could not stop laughing in the press box. So Chason throws the check where they come after him. It was funny. Chason actually held up on the check. He could have ran that kid hard and didn't. But when the three guys came at him, do you remember in Slapshot when the three Hanson brothers <laughs> took turns running the guy in the corner and all three on their knee in him and hammering him into the glass? And the guy kind of slides down the glass. That's what I kept thinking. I said, they're going all Hanson brothers on Chase on right now. Oh, my God, that was And that was, was such an odd play because it got, obviously, the fans got excited and I couldn't hear the whistle. Neither did I. And, I, the, and the pointers had the puck in the slot. Yes. And I thought, are they, are they going to get a, a free shot here while three Bostons or well, three Boston a, players are teaming up on one oiler? So there was a few ones because that one right there, I don't understand why the whistle went because the, there was a penalty it was coming to the to the Bruins the Oilers had the puck there's another play where it was going to be a two-on-one for the Bruins and the Oilers got a penalty and the ref called it down where it would have been a two-on-one the, the Bruin was chasing it and the weirdest one was the Bruins were getting a penalty the Oilers tried making a cross-ice pass in the offensive zone it got tipped and it got tipped out of the ice and bounced off the boards. And the ref didn't call it. And the two Bruins were going for the puck, but they were letting it go. That had a chance of going into the net. And the ref called, blew the whistle before it got a chance to go in. Now, it eventually missed the net by about four inches. But that would have been an, an own goal. And the referee blew the whistle before it was time. So they were a little whistle happy tonight, the referees. All right, Oilers lose 2-1 in overtime. More of your phone calls, more texts as we roll along. we got to call a quick timeout, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Final score at Rogers Place, Boston Bruins 2, Edmonton Oilers 1, Boston in control in the first period. They got a goal from Bergeron. They outshot the Oilers 10-2. The Oilers woke up in the second period, outshot Boston 18-9, eventually tied it early in the third on a power play goal by Gagne. Pasternak wins it on a breakaway in overtime. Again, the special teams tonight, tons of penalties. Bruins 0 for 7 on the power play. Edmonton goes 1 for 6 with the man advantage. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99. Mike Smith on that Pasternak breakaway, it looked like he was, like, was that a fake the poke check and then get back into position? Because he did poke check uh, Coyle with about nine minutes left in the third on a partial break. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if he was faking it, trying to give him something to think about coming in, or if he was planning on doing it. But you heard Pasternak talking after the game. He saw the poke check, which that meant he made his move a little bit earlier because he had to do it before the stick came out. And then he just opened up Mike Smith's leg. I mean, at, the, at that point, you just tip your hat to, to a goal scorer. There's a reason he has 43 goals on the season. When he gets an opportunity, he puts it in the back of the net. And it was pretty. And don't take anything away from David Krejci, too, with the pass. I mean, he was deep in the corner. He had Leon Dreisaitl coming towards him. And he just put the puck in an area and allowed David, David Pasternak to skate into it. So it was a nice play by the Boston Bruins. And unfortunate for the Oilers, they weren't able to steal the second point. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony standing by. Tony, thanks a lot for calling. How's it going, boys? Good. So, a very impressive game by the boys tonight. You know, I was expecting a whole different outcome. They completely, they completely surprised me. It's uh, five guys or six guys down or thirty-three million, whatever. Um, so, as you guys know, Bouchard's been called up. Um, do you see him playing in the next, five, like, in the next few games before? Um, the the Vegas road trip and I know he I know he's injured but if I know him he's gonna want to come back next game. Do you think McDavid plays before uh, before you before we go on the road? No, no, he hasn't even practiced. No, I don't think he'll play either. And I don't know. I have no idea about Bouchard. Honestly, I have no idea if he'll play. If he won't, um, they obviously liked what Lagesson did tonight. He played 12 minutes. Played late in a hockey game. My guess is they'll stay with the same lineup next game. So I don't think Bouchard will play, and I would say zero chance of Connor McDavid playing next game. Yeah, I think when Tippett said today with Bouchard that he was traveling today and, and wouldn't play, I think if there's an injury or an illness, he, he slots in. I, I don't, or, or if they felt maybe someone was really struggling. Again, like you said, Rob, I don't think they, they saw that tonight. So I, I think that's game by game with Bouchard. He, he could play. He's capable. But I don't think it's the same situation like Yamamoto being called up, where it's like, hey, Yamamoto, you're being called up, and almost right away you're on our second line. 
No, I agree. Bouchard's I, here because of injuries. Yeah. I, I, Yamamoto was here because they needed that type of player. And he fit in quite well. Yeah, I right. don't I don't see Bouchard playing, but, I mean, we don't get paid the big money. We just talk about it. <laughs> All right. We have Mike on the line who's also going to finish the play. Mike, what's on your mind? Yeah, I see lots of people wanting to crucify uh, Darnell for tonight, but... The guy, you know, played over 20 minutes, I think it was, through two periods. And uh, I don't think that game goes to overtime if he's not in our lineup. So I think people need to chill out a little bit. And uh, just one kind of little comment on Mike Smith there. I think he uh, was a little bit too aggressive on that last play, showing Pokecheck there. A good goal scorer will open you up in the five hole if you do it. But uh, that's kind of Mike Smith, and I thought he had a great game. Gave us a, a you know a puncher's chance there tonight. So yeah, not Mike, really, not, you make not really great, mad about anything. <laughs> you make a great comment about Smith that and Rob and I have talked about this, and now especially that I mean obviously we've seen him before in the NHL, but now seeing every game he plays, the more active Mike Smith is, often the better he's playing, and it's crazy to watch him sometimes how he'll make a glove save and then skate forward like he might drop it down. There was a play the Bruins iced the puck shorthanded today and it banked off the boards and it was coming on net and Smith didn't move till the last minute and then he stops it with a stick and shoots it up ice. Like he's like I don't mean this in an insulting way but he's almost goofy. He's almost, it was almost a goofy looking goal. Yeah. Adventurous is a good one. He, he certainly makes it exciting and probably gives his coach a heart attack half the time but uh I, I agree. I, I think that Mike Smith makes easy saves look difficult, um, but he makes them. And if that's what it takes to keep him involved, keep him in the game and have him playing as well as he does, we'll keep doing it because he has been absolutely outstanding over the last month and a bit. Mike, you're going to finish the play. You already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code JET. Kellen, what do you have? That layering of defense. Here's Gagne back in or off the crossbar. Rebound ripped by Larson. That was redirected. Okay, let's just do this, Mike. Gagne hitting the crossbar with a backhand. Uh, do you remember what period that was in? Uh, I'm going to have to guess the second. Or do you want to guess earlier in the game? <laughs> First. He got it. That was a good guess. That was really good, Mike. That was a good guess. Because he could have gone either way there. He could have gone first or third. Well, I said earlier yeah, in the game. Yeah, but he doesn't know. We don't know how well he He might be dyslexic when it comes to directions. Mike's name is going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Gagne would score later in the game. It's the only goal the Oilers got tonight, but it's enough to get them a point. Their record goes to 32-21-7 on the season. Okay, we still have Kevin and Brandon on the open line, 780-496-0063. Uh, JD texting in. He goes, I remember uh, Dwayne Rollison always battling the puck like that some nights too. Well, that was a, that was a while ago, but he was a bit of a scrappy goaltender as well, and it uh, worked for him large part of his career. We will take a quick two-minute timeout for the news and the weather, then we're coming back to Studio 99 Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland Ford. Global News at 10.30. Good evening. I'm David Bowles. Right now in Edmonton, it's minus 7. An injunction was signed by a judge this afternoon to remove the blockade on the CN rail lines just west of Edmonton. Protester Robert Miller says they expected the courts would give them the boot fairly quickly. One of the difficulties with the way that we were organized and the site that we chose is that unlike the other rail blockades, they don't, uh, it's not taking place on Indigenous land. And so it makes it a lot simpler for the courts to just be like, no, you're not allowed to be there. However, some protesters started leaving this scene after counter-protesters in a truck began to take down the barricades and the blockades themselves. The protests are just many going on across Canada in response to the coastal gasoline pipeline, which are posed by Wet'suwet'en hereditary chiefs. Canadians waiting to be flown home after being quarantined aboard a cruise ship in Japan are expected to be back in Canada by Friday. The foreign affairs minister of this country, François-Philippe Champagne, says anyone who tests positive for the novel coronavirus will not be permitted to board the plane. According to the analysis of Global Affairs Canada, the Public Health Agency of Canada, 
and the Canadian Armed Forces medical personnel on the ground, the best approach to dealing with Canadians who have been infected with the coronavirus in Japan is for them to be treated locally. About 500 passengers left the Diamond Princess cruise ship in Yokohama today at the end of a two-week quarantine for the COVID-19. Checking your 6.30, Chad, weather clearing up overnight and a low of minus 12, sunny and a high of 2 for tomorrow. Nicest day of the week looks to be Friday with sun and a high of 5. Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 3. Sunday, sunny and 0. Monday, mixed sun and cloud and minus 3. And on Tuesday, mixed sun and cloud and minus 6. Right now in Edmonton, it's minus 7. I'm David Bowles. Your next scheduled newscast coming up at 11 on 6.30, Chad. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 2-1 Boston in overtime tonight at Rogers Place. Jake DeBrusque going viral. Pre-game interview with his father, Louie, over the boards before the Sportsnet broadcast. DeBrusque today, 17-35, three shots on goal robbed in the second period. There, I, I couldn't tell if if where Smith got it until I saw the replay, and Smith basically shot out his right arm and I think took that one off the elbow. I, I mean, Jake fired it with about two-thirds of the net staring at him. And then there was that other one, DeBrus kind of got in behind the D. I wasn't sure if, if Smith got a piece of that one or it rolled off his stick before he got the shot away. I think away. it just rolled off of, uh, of Jake's stick before he put it in the end. He made the move. He got Smith going the way he wanted to. He had the opening, but I think he just lost control of the puck at the last second uh i thought i thought he had a good game jake a streaky goal score uh the the bruins are desperate for him to put the puck in the net as he they're a team also looking for some little depth scoring on a second line but i thought uh DeBrusque had a couple of great opportunities today. i thought he looked good kyler yamamoto probably the one of if not the most difficult game he's had since being called up tough opponent but one thing about Yamamoto, he doesn't go away, and he's going up against a guy often tonight who's, I mean, basically a foot taller than him. And uh, so some a lot of slashes and cross-checks exchanges. He's, not, he's more than a foot taller than him, because they had Char listed at 6'9", and they got Yamamoto listed yeah, at 5'8". Yeah, that's true. It's more, so more I don't than, think Yamamoto's 5'8". No, no, I don't either. So it's more than a foot. Uh, and again, in a game, and I think this is what happens, is the bar is set quite high now for, for Kyler the way we've seen him play over the last 18 games, I thought he was okay. I mean, there's a couple missteps tonight, as every player had them. Uh, he had an op- great opportunity on the 2-on-1 in overtime. He kind of muffed it on the, on the heel of his stick, but the, the bar is so high now that you expect excellent every night. I mean, there's, there's a stretch where he was either the first or second best player in, in almost every game. Um, to me, it was a, a big game for him tonight, playing against a, as good a team in the, as there is in the National Hockey League. He was fine. I expect uh, that entire line to, to get a few more bounces next game and are g- still going to need it. I mean, without Connor in the, in the lineup, they're still going to have to play, you know, the 2-1, 3-1 type of hockey game, and they're going to have to do most of the heavy lifting. We thought we were going to see it last spring, and we didn't. And that would be a second-round Boston-Tampa Bay playoff series. Boston now three points ahead of Tampa Bay. The Lightning have won 11 straight. The Oilers have seen both these teams in the last week and you know hung in there against both but not able to get the victories. Vasilevsky's incredible. I, I mean Rask is leading in save percentage and goals against average. If, these, if Boston and Tampa Bay do play each other in the second round, look out. Well, the, again, I really wish the NHL would go differently. I think in, in the conferences, I too many years there's two one or two really good teams in the National Hockey League out early and, and again if Boston and Tampa play in the second round in the second round one of the top three teams is going to be done I think they should go 1-8 2-7 all the way down like they used to do it what you might see in the first round though and there'll be a lot of people unhappy if this happens is an all Florida matchup the Florida Panthers, they were winning 3-1. It's late in the game. If they win tonight, they bumped Toronto out of a playoff They've spot. They've won 4-1. There you go. So they are now in the playoffs, the Florida Panthers. They're in third place. The Toronto Maple Leafs are on the outside looking in. And Florida does have a game in hand as well. Uh, you could have an all-Florida matchup. That'd be kind of exciting. And the Canucks are now ahead 3-2 against the Wild with 11 and a half minutes to go. If Vancouver wins, they would tie the Oilers with 71 points. Same number of games played. The Oilers would have the regulation wins 
tiebreaker. And if Vancouver wins, to me, that might be the end of the Minnesota Wilds' playoff chances. I think. Well, I mean, I think it's already. Well, but there's still belief. And right now, with the trade deadline, if they were to sweep their next three games, maybe they keep the players that they have. Maybe they don't make moves. If they lose to Vancouver tonight, maybe there might be a player or two different in the Minnesota Wilds' lineup for Friday's game against the Oilers. All right, we have Kevin on the open line. Kevin, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, sir. Hey, it's been a while since I've called in. Uh, good to hear you guys, and I would take Smith over Brzgalov any day. Um, I wanted to pick your brains this evening on what you think as analysts, uh, players like Jones, Leggy, and Benson need to do moving forward to have more opportunity and to solidify their spots on a full-time roster. Well, I mean, they're young players. They need experience. Uh, Legison, he, he's got to learn to play at the speed that they play at in the National Hockey League. Benson, his foot speed, it's always going to be an issue for him. He's going to have to continue with it, to work on his foot speed, get faster for the National Hockey League level. Uh, Jones, I think his steps, I mean, he's, he's doing he's well. Coming along. He's actually made huge strides, and he's, he's probably bumped past a couple of veterans in the depth chart, and you just see where they, they where they played him tonight. He played top four minutes. So, uh, in reality, what they all three of them need is roster spots. Right now, because of contracts, and the Oilers have players playing already ahead of them. So, the biggest thing they need is experience. They're getting that right now, and then they need roster spots. That's something that you will see in the off season going forward, whether or not the same players are back for next year's season. Yeah, I think Lagesson is more of a bottom pairing type defenseman. Jones is interesting to me because he was drafted slightly ahead of Bear. Mm -hmm. They're both out of the Western Hockey League. Bear always had gaudier offensive stats, though Jones still had them in junior. And then we've seen over the last couple of years, well, Bear was ahead of Jones, and then Jones was ahead of Bear, and then this year Bear's been ahead of Jones. But but Jones has learned. He, 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 He strikes me as one of those players, I, I don't know if you would look at him and say, He's excellent at anything, but he does everything well enough or, or above average. I mean, he's not super fast, but he skates well enough. He's not going to thread a 180-foot pass, but he gets it out well enough. And, and to contrast him or compare him with Bear, I mean, Bear's defending and body position has come a long way against some really good players. Well, there was a, it was on, a, well, I'm not even sure which channel did the game tonight, but when I was watching the, the highlights at the end of one of the periods, they show Bear going against Pasternak three times and, and the plays that he made on Pasternak, not allowing him to have a, a scoring opportunity. And David Pasternak, as we know, is one of the best in the National Hockey League, and Ethan Bear did an outstanding job against him tonight. Ethan Bear continues to impress, continues to get better. He's got a, a ton of self-confidence. He, he looks calm out there. Nothing seems to rattle him. And I felt bad for him tonight on the, the goal that Bergeron scored. Uh, Bear made a, a great play, covered up for, for Darnell Nurse, came across, stopped Pasternak, but then he lo- dropped his stick. His stick got knocked out of his hand. As he was picking up his stick, that's when Bergeron jumps in and, and, and gets the goal. So it was too bad because before that, Bear had made an outstanding play. Uh, Jones, the biggest thing for Jones is you're not seeing grade-A mistakes. He's, he's keeping it simple. He's playing within himself, and I think sometimes... Players that come out of junior that have a high pedigree for offensive skill try to do a little too much. He's not doing that, and that's why he's fitting into the system, and that's why Dave Tippett continues to trust him as a hockey player. And, and I think with Benson, personally, I think that's a really good place. And I, I don't know if he's going to stay when all the guys get healthy, but I think that's a really good place for him to be with Shane and Archibald. It is. It's, it, it's safe. And uh, the Oilers know they need a little bit more offense, obviously with Connor out and the one line's the only line that scores. Benson does give him. We saw the nice play that he made on the road trip where he sent Archibald in for a goal. So he's got some offensive prowess. And most young offensive players, when they come up, struggle defensively. Because when they played junior, they were never had to play great defense because they normally had the puck on their stick. So they have to learn it. So best way to do it is put them with some players that you fully trust. And Archibald and Shan, probably the two most trustworthy players on the team, put them with them. And then if he does 
make a mistake defensively, you got two guys that are very adept at getting back there and cleaning up any mistakes. Oilers fall 2-1 in overtime to the Boston Bruins. We have Brandon on the open line. Brandon, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hi, how are you guys tonight? Good. That's good. I just wanted to say I always enjoy your show. You guys do a great job analyzing the team and, and the players. Really, really good anyway. Thank you. Uh, very thank much. you. I just wanted to say, like, uh, Jake Woodcroft, you must have to tip your hat to him and Coach Tippett. Like, Tippett structured the team this year. Like, it's when players go down with injury, you don't really worry too much because it seems like they come together. But Jay must be preparing the kids properly to come up and give them a hand, eh? Well, good NHL teams, good organizations. They draft players that they want to play in their organization. They draft a certain kind of player. And then when they send them to the minors, they should coach them the same way. Okay, here's what we want from these players. This is how we want you to prepare them for them to come up. This is what kind of player we're looking for. Okay, this guy here, he may have been this in junior, but this is where we see him if he becomes an Edmonton Oiler. So make sure that he's practicing working on this and on this and on this. And that's what you're seeing with, with the, the Bakersfield players. When they're coming up, they're not coming up and then you're having to teach them. They're coming up fully prepared. They may lack in experience. They may lack a little bit in talent, but they're certainly prepared. So that is good on the organization and good on Jay Woodcroft down in the minors. Tough for Jay Woodcroft now, though, with all these players he thought he might have for all or most of the season yeah, well, up here. And that's the hard part about being a coach in the minors. Your goal is to get the players into the National Hockey League. But every time you send one up, that's one less good player yeah, you have on your hockey Because you're probably a top six forward or top four D is probably coming up. Yeah, so it, it, it's a tough, and you, as much as you want to win, I played on a team in Chicago where we had four or five of us were just signed to the minor league team. And then the rest of the players were loaned from Atlanta. Well, we were better than the players that were being loaned, but it was a tough play for the coach because he's like, okay, I want to win, right. so I want to play you guys, but Atlanta wants me to develop these players. So <laughs> it, it's really hard for, for a coach to do that. And most of the teams in the minors have a couple veteran players that are never going to play in the NHL, but you need them there to teach the younger players. And it's how much do you play them? We don't want you stealing minutes from a Yamamoto, from a Benson, from one of these players, because those are the players that are eventually going to be the future of the organization. And speaking players about te players teaching players, Kyler Yamamoto, huge credit to Brad Malone in, in the minors for just showing him the day-to-day -day life of being a pro hockey player, preparing for practice and games. He's talked about it a number of times. And when you're the Edmonton Oilers and you're putting veterans down in your minor league team, you want veterans that you trust are teaching your kids the right way to play, both on and off the ice. And Yamamoto, he talks about how good Malone has been, and we've seen Malone. He's one of our favorites when he plays for the Oilers because he leaves everything on the ice. He lacks in talent, but he doesn't lack in, in guts and effort. So, yeah, so that's a good move by the Oilers, bringing in a, a veteran player in the minors that can teach the ropes to the young players he's eventually going to be. He's like, what was it, Bull Durham? What was the... Oh, Crash Davis? Crash Davis. He was down there. He was helping <laughs> Newt, what was it, Nuke... Newt like, Lalosh, I think that, his uh, name was. See, that's exactly like. So Brad Malone is, is our Crash Davis. <laughs> okay, the Oilers lose 2-1 in overtime to the league-leading Boston Bruins, who are coached by Bruce Cassidy. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. What's that, sir? If you can't get it in on the power play, I'm assuming you'll take it on the, in overtime. Yeah, they had a tough time. We weren't executing very well. Uh, I think both penalty kills were clearly better in the power plays tonight. But puck was bouncing a bit. That has something to do with it. But uh, at the end of the day, you're going to have those nights. I think both teams have good special teams on both sides of it, good goaltending. Um, so, listen, yeah, you're glad to see you know win a hockey game. You don't need your power play to score. Could have made life easier for us. They'd probably say the same thing, even though they got one. I could have used one late, but um, good for us. You tip your cap to the PK, but what do you kind of see with your own team's power play there? Uh, I think there's a lot of forced shots. I think we get away from our structure at times. Uh, the adjustment we try to make uh, aren't always happening on the ice. So we'll re revisit that. Um, I think we've had it pretty good in the power play here for a lot of years. Uh, so right now we're in a, you know, the last, I want to say just a week, I'd say for a little bit of stretch here, it's not coming as easily. They're taking away some of our options and we have to be less stubborn and uh, take what's available. And then there's just stretches where the puck doesn't go in. I mean, Bergie's had some good bumper looks that haven't gone in. Coyle had a rebound that I don't know how it didn't go in, hit him in the head and went over. So, so sometimes you go through those stretches, but 
you know, we need to generate a little more, stay with the structure a little more. Uh, but again, we'll look at it, talk to the players. If we need to make an adjustment with personnel, we will. Otherwise, it's on to Calgary, and hopefully we're better there. Bruce Cassidy, head coach of the Boston Bruins. They beat the Oilers 2-1 in overtime. Get more on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast here on 630Ched is Friday, 5.30 face-off show game at 7 as the Oilers host the Minnesota Wild. Thanks to Brendan Escott and Kyle Morris for getting your post-game audio tonight. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630Ched, and to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place. Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Have a great night.